Hey, this is Shannon Kaysen. I'm a storyteller. I host two podcasts, one called The Trouble with WBZ Chicago and my own Homemade Stories podcast. And you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 187 of Chasing Dreams. Before we get too far, guys, here is a word from our sponsor. This episode of Chasing Dreams is sponsored by our 2019 Fundathon supporters. Fundathon is our fundraising efforts to keep this show on the air till March 2020. To do that, we need to raise $13,000 and we're on our way, but we still need your help. If you'd like to donate, please visit amyj21.com slash donate. And Dream Chasers, two things I want to remind you of, whether it's for us or another charity or cause you want to support. One, it's not the size of the donation that matters. So if you can't donate a lot, think nothing of it. Know that I appreciate the $12 donations just as much as the other donations, because I know that's your lunch money. That's your money to go see a movie or go out. So regardless of how much money you can give, your donation is important, and I thank you for your generosity. And two, please don't wait for someone else to help out. You can't control the actions of others, only your own. We can't reach the goal without your help. Again, if you'd like to support us, please visit amyj21.com slash donate. And to all those who have donated so far, thank you. Guys, I want you to meet a friend of mine. Shannon Kaysen has told stories all over the country with The Moth, Snap Judgment, and his own podcast, Homemade Stories, and The Trouble. He is the chief educator for the Brutally Honest Storytelling Workshop Series and has worked with a number of companies, including WBEZ, WDET, and Spotify. He is originally from Detroit, and he has been gracious enough to come on this show during his weekend to share some of his knowledge and experience as a dream chaser. We had a lot of fun, and I learned so much more about the importance of brutally honest storytelling, and I think you will, too. So, Without further ado, guys, meet Shannon. Hey, Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for giving up some of your Sunday for this. Not, not a problem. Glad to be here, Amy. You know, we've been friends for two years. I ran into you. Um, it was actually intentional. You were at Podcast Movement what, 2016. Mm-hmm. You were doing a, and I didn't know who you were at the time. You were doing a talk on storytelling. I think it was honest storytelling or brutally honest storytelling or something like that yeah brutally honest right and your your session this is before you went main stage on us and you know started doing the big thing you you helped (laughs) us little people with storytelling and your approach is what really caught me and i was just amazed by it so you at the time um you didn't have the second podcast you were just the host and founder creator of homemade stories and I was amazed by just how simple what you were saying was, you know, how you carry around a recorder with you recording, just listening 
and recording conversations that you're having with your the people in your life with everyday things and you share those stories like there wasn't anything artificial about what mm-hmm. your lessons were and mm-hmm. for those listening you know storytelling oftentimes gets exaggerated and whatnot what was it about storytelling that captured you that made you say hey just be honest about it you know i i, I used to go to um um, different storytelling shows in Chicago. And one thing I always noticed, even with all different performers, I noticed, uh, cause I would go to comedy shows. I would go to improv shows. I would go to all kinds of shows. And I noticed people put on sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll like hit a switch and become like, they, they start within the performance, sure. which is fine. But, uh, in storytelling, I saw like it's a space to be very, very, and even though people are saying they're authentic, but just to be very, very authentic and to go places where a lot of people may have a a hard stop. Now, I'm not going to go beyond this point as far as in my telling my story. So I, I looked at that as a challenge. I looked at that as something that could be um, unique in a way. And I always, ever since I started storytelling, I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to just be me totally. And I might talk about things that that people may be polarized on. But it's, if as long as it was true to me, mm-hmm. that's what it's going to be, you know. And, and there's something refreshing about that in the scheme of things that we hear, whether it be podcasts, whether it be uh, television shows or other storytellers. There is something brutally honest and refreshing about hearing it from a because you literally use. The recordings you have, you literally, you could tell it's not made up. And, and there's something about, wow, it's almost like um, not true crime, but the way that true crime is so real that there are books on it. There are uh, what serial is a thing. Right. And people can relate to it a little bit more because it's more them. Not that true crime is the thing, guys. It's just the concept of saying truth and that it's out yeah. there. Right. It's an mm-hmm. escape, but not at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, true crime is popular. Yeah. You know, it is popular. People, uh, people toot up their nose at it. But, you know, you look at the podcast feed and true, po- true, true crime is yeah. high, you know. But at the same time, um, mine isn't true, true crime. Yeah. It's just like true life, you know. So yeah. it's like real life that's happening at the time. Um, and I try to incorporate that in my storytelling as much as possible. Uh, but, but the thing is, you always have to be, um, uh, um, up front and, 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 you know, like clear that you're recording. So I always tell that as well. So I'm not recording in private unless it's my family, which I'm not going to use on the podcast, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, I do record a lot. It's yeah. a, it's a, so many ways to record now with the technology that's mm-hmm. available. You know, they're recording us all the time anyway, Amy. This is true. We got all they're listening to me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All this stuff. You you say, oh, I, I, I need to get some garbage bags. And then garbage <laughs> bags come up in your feed. So somebody, somebody's listening. creepy <laughs> how accurate you are about that. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. I was talking to my sister about T-shirts and making a quilt. Next thing I know, I got quilt ads <laughs> on my Instagram. Customize your quilt, you know. Right, like, right. And that, that's the I thing. But know. did I talk to somebody about that? <laughs> did it come up? But I think the thing about your true storytelling is that people see themselves within it. And have you had anyone push back when you said, hey, I'm going to record? 
Well, that's the thing on there. All things. The first thing is like people see themselves within it. Mm -hmm. That's the magic of storytelling. Yeah. That's why we cringe when we're in a movie theater watching a good, scary movie and we we close our eyes Mm -hmm. because we're imagining ourselves in that situation or, you know, why we feel our feelings when we're we're doing things. And that's the that's where you want to get to in storytelling anytime. Somebody on the other side of the planet living a totally different life who can relate to your story and see themselves walking in your footsteps or your character's footsteps. That's that's the mat. That's what you want to get to, because you a person zones out of whatever's going on and they're in that story. It's, 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 it's spiritual, it's magical in, in a lot of different ways. But then um, uh, recording people, I mean. That's one of the things you do. You interview people. So you ask, hey, can I record this conversation? So I always ask that at the beginning. Most times when I'm doing it with people I don't know. Now, I will be honest. I record my dad. I record my mom, uh, my kids. I don't ask them all the time. I just record it, you know, but a lot of those are just for personal. Right. And um, and the way we can we can keep these files now because they have like it was always a problem with space. You know, because recordings take up a lot of space, yeah. and and but now it's 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 like un, unlimited availability of space, and um, I can take the recordings and put them in a file folder somewhere, and who knows, maybe down the line, um, look at those again and edit them when I'm. 70 years old, I want to hear my daughter when she was 10. You know, I can I can go back and look at it. And that. that's the beauty of it. That's absolute yeah. beauty of it. Now, this is something that you have been doing as a career, as um, professionally for a while now. But have you always wanted to be a storyteller? When did this creep in as or switch over to being this is what I want to do? Yeah, not, I always loved story, mm-hmm. but it always wasn't. In this way, okay. like in telling stories on stage mm-hmm. and on pod- podcasting didn't exist. So we, did, we didn't know about it. At the, so, I, But I always loved writing and I always loved storytelling. So for me, it was 2008 and I was out of a job. Mm. And I had always said I was going to write. And my mother used to always stay on me because I would read books and she would be like, are you writing? Are you writing? And I was out of work. So I just started writing. A friend of mine had sent me her story and I didn't have anything to send back. So I started writing. And once I started writing, it opened up a lot of different things. So once you're writing and you, if you write something that's that's good, you want some other people to read it. So I would look for, for places to uh, share my stories. And first it was the libraries, then it was the coffee shops, then it was stages of hundreds and, and, and thousands of people sometimes. So it's just one of them things. But it started with just sitting down and writing. And then the other things happen along the course of time, finding out about podcasting and what's this, you know? Right, right. And getting involved in those things, yeah. Well, I remember you in talking, It was, I think it was 2017 though, when you got to the main stage at Podcast Movement, you talked and shared actually a photo of your first studio, which was his room with a sock over, what was it? Um, yeah, sock over. Are you Yeti? I can, I can show it. Look at this. Uh, I know I'm supposed to go off screen, but I That's got it right good. here. My, yeah, there my, it is. My my, uh, my microphone with the uh, folders. folders. So I just used this for, That's for many, awesome. many years. I did a lot of shows on this. You know, and that's, you know? that's the amazing thing is that 
you didn't know about podcasting. You figured it out, right? You just yeah. kind of done it. Now you got two shows, you mm. know, and it's amazing how far this has gone. And it's medium that you seem to continue to use. But in the beginning, it was just the stage. What interested you about podcasting that you're like, hey, let me try this. So I got an iPhone. I had a... Uh... I got a, I got a extreme uh, gambling problem and I want some money. And I just was like, I got to spend this money before I just give it back to the casino. And I went and bought an iPhone. <laughs> That'll do it. I bought an iPhone and I started listening to podcasts. I was listening to Mark Marin and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, New Yorker fiction and other shows. And I was like, I'm going to mix those two together. Cause I was writing fiction Right. And I talked about storytelling and life and stuff. So I was like, I'm a, like Mark Maron talk at the beginning about his life. Mm-hmm. So I do that. And then I'll read one of my stories. So I just started doing that. And I caught the homemade stories. And I had, um, I knew how to pretty much use microphones and equipment because I came out of Detroit hip hop. We used to have a group and I used to produce music and all that kind of stuff. So I used those skills to create the show. But then I, I like music too a lot. So I use music on my show and add it all together. Try to make it into a production, like a um, uh, you go into the story. So it's just not me reading, but it also had a sound effects and the yeah. music along with the story to kind of bring you, bring you it's deeper. It's a production. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's the beauty of it. And what I love is that you continued with it. One of the reasons I started this podcast, and I've talked about it before, is um, I have a niece who was passionate. She was very good at writing poetry and just writing. And, you know, she got discouraged or I don't know what it was, but she decided to give it up and just focus on something that would sustain her more in life financially. Yeah. And I was like so disappointed because, you know, she was very talented and I, I think she's picking it up again and I hope she stays with it. But that you've let that kind of continue where are there ever points? Because life is hard, especially around the 2008, you know, with the bust and, you know, life and the economy at the time, where financial stress can probably dissuade a lot of people from just following something that they're passionate about. Did you ever think, you know, maybe I need to stop this and do something else because I need to put a roof over my family's head? I went through those things earlier. Mm. I never looked at creativity in the arts as an opportunity to be sustainable. So I never looked at it that way. Ah. However, I started a bunch of uh, just jobs. Mm -hmm. If it was a a paycheck involved, it didn't fit a purpose or anything like that. I just started the jobs. Mm -hmm. And over time, I, I found that that was unfulfilling, especially when you're out of a job in 2008. Yeah. So after that, I decided that I'm going to do the things that I want to do and that I'm interested in doing. And that's how I kind of came across. Cause I never looked at arts or anything like that as being sustainable. Cause I didn't know anybody who, right. yeah. you know, who was a writer or TV, uh, you know, writer or producer. Someone or who's making I never it knew anything, right? anybody who was doing anything with the arts, who was not living in a, mother's basement. So I was in the sense, just looking to, um, to, for jobs, but I switched over when I found that, um, that there are people who make a good living doing arts. And then I saw that, uh, 
that I couldn't do anything else like like in a fulfilling way. Mm-hmm. You know, I can be a manager of a of a store. Yeah. But is that, you know, is that my my higher purpose? Is that the thing that that I'm supposed to do? You know, um, you know, Spike Lee could be a manager at sure. at a Iffy Loop, you know, but what would the world lose out? if he decided just to be the manager at Jiffy Lube, <laughs> you know. That is so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the impact about it. And I think sometimes... Nothing we're... against managers at Jiffy Lube. No. <laughs> <laughs> no knocks on people with regular jobs, but to your point, you know, um, what would we lose if people didn't pursue their higher calling of what they are? Like, if you hadn't, mm-hmm. if you would let financial obligations stop you from pursuing your what you're passionate about, what you felt fulfilled about, right? I mean, are are you for those listening who may who are just learning about you? Are you fulfilled right now? Are, do you have a roof over your head? Are you worried about um, a constant paycheck, so to speak? You know, I, I um, it's a challenge, and I think anytime you're an entrepreneur and you're doing things on an independent basis or you're doing things from a standpoint of uh, of uh, project to project, there are challenges. Now, last year was a great year. Mm-hmm. Years before that, there were struggles, you know, so it's one of the things of you do positive reinforcement means a lot. So if you if you see deals and you learn a lot over the course of time, too, I know you've gone through this. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you get a contract to do some consultant work or to work on a project mm-hmm. or art project. And you may be pricing yourself low to start because you don't know how it works. And then over time, you find out more and you're like, oh, I can price that a lot higher and you price it higher or you get a deal that's higher. And right. all those things jump you from level to level. And at 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 um at some point you you find, hey, I can do one consultant gig and it might pay half the salary that I was making before I was doing yeah. the creative stuff. So it's it's one of them things of of learning as you go. But once you figure out what you need to do, there's so many resources to find out more information. Like if you decide, hey, I want to go into the arts, mm-hmm. I want to go into writing, then it's your job to seek out resources, interview people, talk to people. I remember I came back, I lived in Chicago when I got into storytelling and I moved back to Detroit because the rent is cheaper here. You get what I'm saying? So I came back home right. and, and arts, Detroit is, is bar none. Detroit you know, the artists in Detroit, I put them up against anybody in the world. And actually, the world knows Detroit just does something different, you know. So it's at the same time, when I came back, I, I met up with a friend. He was getting grants. I'm like, how do you get grants? I don't even know anything about it. Right. And since then, I got multiple grants. So it's just one of them things of uh, of learning as you go. You're not going to get everything at once, but you learn it as you go and you, you kind of... You, you, you go with that. And, and it's been it's been able to be, you know, and I can see the see the payoffs for, for years down the line, you know, as you as you t- start to project things. Right. Well, yeah. the, the interesting thing is about what you're saying is that you are making it work. I think a lot of people quit because things get tough or things get rough. And, you know, to your point, there's a way if you try and ask and talk to people, there are resources available we just don't know because we don't look for it or we just don't know to ask others for help to find those resources 
And so and, and people create this lifestyle. Like mm. you can create a lifestyle that's um that you think is necessary and you create this lifestyle and you end up being a slave to that lifestyle. Mm. And it's not that you enjoy in life any. You just my cousin goes on vacations every year, so I got to go on this $10,000 vacation every year. My <laughs> everybody has to have these cars with $500 payments. I have to have a car with a $500 pay. So you 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 can you can fall into that trap and not be happy. Sometimes I wake up and I don't have I mean, I got a lot, I got stuff, but it's like, I'm not stuck on, on certain things. And it's, man, I wake up, I'm playing basketball while I'm thinking of ideas for the mm-hmm. next show or this, that, and the other at, on my garage. And I'm thinking like, man, this is enjoyable. Yeah. This is good life. Yeah. And yeah, it may not, you know, it may not have all these things where I've got 20,000 payments, but you start to shave those things away. And like, I don't need all these payments and yeah. all this stuff. Because I'm just working to make payments, you know. So you start to cut those things away and and really enjoy the things that you're meant to do and grow within that because it's a lot of opportunity. I mean, it's millionaires that do podcasts. It's it's people who do, you know, you can you can you can find a way if your if your goal is is money and success and that kind of financial gain, you can even find that through through what you're meant to do on your your podcast and, and writing or arts or whatever thing that you're interested in. Well, I think I think you're right. I think it is a lifestyle thing that people get accustomed to. And I think it's one that, you know, somebody my parents were looking at, at cars the other day. They had a, a Toyota Camry, 402,700 miles on it. And my dad was like, this car can still run. There's no need for a new car. I'm like, I would rather we get a new car than you die with the car because something happened. <laughs> you know, so could we do that? And, you know, that's when all the opinions and thoughts, hey, why don't you get a $50,000 car? And I'm like... Why? And, and, you know, cool for those who want $50,000 cars. That's all you, you know, but, but, but my dad can't really work. It's just my mom and me. So, you know, getting a $50,000 car and living for payments isn't really the life I want. Again, if that's for you, cool. But, you know, a nice Subaru that does whatever we need is more than enough for me to keep doing what I love to do and still be happy. I think we just can't be slaves to lifestyle choices of others you know if, it's, yeah, if that's for yeah. you then that's cool but you know i think sometimes we make decisions just like you said when you said the vacation thing that really hit me because i was like are you happy that they're going on ten thousand dollar vacations or that they have the freedom to do it mm-hmm. you know we get that mixed up i think sometimes it's, to it's what funny now like i put things on my list like I, i've always said i want to travel the world mm-hmm. on somebody else's dime and many of the trips that I take, I'm not paying a single solitary penny. And many times I'm being paid to come because mm-hmm. I'm speaking or I'm doing something else. Right. I have a grant to go do it or or other things. So that's that's like really powerful. Me and my family, we, we've gone. My, my, my daughter's been everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, we've gone all over the place, um, you know, and, and, and many times it's it's just. And then you look at experiences differently too. being in what I do, like as a storyteller, mm-hmm. I really in the moment of the of the thing that I'm experiencing. But I'm also documenting in those. And I'm, I'm looking to be able to share that with others in certain ways. Sure. So it's it's kind of a everything you do is pretty much related to the business in some way. You know, 
but that's that's definitely outside of the For box ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the lie though? <laughs> but that's what I love is that's outside of the box thinking, right? You still want to travel, you're just going to do it in a different way than other people. Why pay my own money when I can get someone to give me an opportunity to come out on their dime, right? And it becomes a little bit better for you because it works. It all kind of flows into the other. And that's the kind of thinking not everybody has because we use others as a guide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of smart people do. They other people's money on everything. You know, you're fine. But uh, but um, I le- I live and learn. I, I I see other people do certain things, and I I was always good at that. Like if I was a wanted to learn to swim, mm-hmm. I just watched a guy in the swimming pool. I'm like, okay, he moves his feet like that. He moves his hands like that. If I do that, and then I play around with it, and I'll figure it out. And I think a lot of people are like that now in the YouTube and in oh, Google. Yeah. You know, I just watch videos and saturate myself until I figure a thing out, just like this podcast and, mm-hmm. and video thing. I, I, I didn't have have any um, experience in it. So it's just one of the things of watching what others are doing right. and figure out even speaking on stage. I watch people who I enjoy. What are they doing? And I figure it out. So it's like that on all levels, the 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 stage, the podcast, but also um, in the management of career and all those things. Uh, I, I, I learn from watching others. So but at I the same it. time, do you put your own spin on it? You're not. It's, it sounds like you're not really copying what they're doing, but that you're kind of putting your own spin on whatever you figure out. Is that fair to say? It, what I think is um, with anything like as far as writing or performance wise, you have to do it a lot to find a voice. And you may start a thing by copying. Mm-hmm. You may start um, following people's programs. Now, you can always do that. And you can always tell, like, people will follow programs. Somebody mm-hmm. will put out a course. And then it's, it's 100 people with the exact same style of right. thing. You're like, okay, they follow. You can identify it. Yeah. Yeah. So... You take that and it has to be an evolution beyond that Mm -hmm. to where you add your style because that's the unique, the unique thing. They were making something scalable for everybody to do. Mm -hmm. Who wants to be the everybody person? You know, who wants to do it just like everybody else? You you do want to have some unique qualities in it and you add that as you, as you figure things out or you start that way. So I'm, I'm a I'm a um, I'm a person who goes out and does it a lot. So I find my own voice. Mm. Like I have a dry, I have a sensibility, you know, a very self-aware. Like those things you find out about yourself. I love to laugh. You find out all these things and then you add that within what you do. And it's yours. Yeah. You know, nobody can. You know, a Shannon Kaysen story is a Shannon Kaysen story. Then a Ray Christian story is a Ray Christian story. A, you know, different storytellers. Nestor uh, Gomez story is a Nestor Gomez story. Mm-hmm. So you find that over time, you know, just like Kevin Hart is Kevin Hart. Norm McDonald is Norm McDonald. Right. And, and, and Bill Burr is Bill Burr. Everybody has their voice and everybody's unique in their own way. And you love them all in, in different ways. So, um um, that's always been my responsibility is I can watch, but I have to put it within 
through the filter of me, you know. Oh, absolutely. Now, so have your children, in seeing you share these stories, have they indicated that they too want to become storytellers? Has that kind of <laughs> popped out? You know, me and my daughter, we was uh, laying in bed yesterday mm -hmm. and I, we were reading The Pearl by John Steinbeck. And uh, and she read a chapter, I read a chapter, and it's a little short book. But uh, I told her, you know, because she wants to write stories. She wants to write TV things. She's, mm -hmm. She writes these little little TV things. And the, and the kids, they use this Kinemaster or whatever, and they make cartoons. Oh, wow. They make cartoons on their iPad. So she comes up with this stuff with her friends and they do it. And that's that's where it starts. I remember being 10 and reading comic books and yes. having these ideas. And I tell her that reading is of utmost importance if you want to write. So I try to read classic literature books with her um, and just to get that in her system, because uh, reading, it like sparks so many ideas. You get a lot from YouTube and all that kind of stuff, but it's what everybody else is doing. You always want to find something that everybody else isn't doing. If I find everybody's, oh, have you seen this? I might go see it, but I, I, I try to get, Cause, cause writing, what comes out is what's in. Mm -hmm. So you have to put stuff in and depending on if you're putting all current culture material in, you're no different from the others, the other people who are doing stuff. So I, I read a lot of seventies and sixties and, and stuff from, you know, even the 1900s and, you know, the 1800s. And, so I read older stuff, newer stuff. Different genres. Mix the two. Yeah. Yeah. So I can even in even in performance, I don't even really watch storytellers. I watch comedians and pastors and, and keynote speakers. And I try to learn from them and learn from storytellers as well. But if I only watch storytellers, all of us would be the same. You know, very true. You know, that's an interesting approach is that you've expanded what you're exposed to. So it's like even though you're not directly experiencing these things, you're absorbing it. You're, like you said, put, taking more in so that you have more to work with for what you put out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and that becomes voice in time as well, mm -hmm. because it, it, it filters through you as the person and you find your way of doing it, you know, and then your way of doing it is mixed from stuff from, uh, from old crime now, I just bought an Ed McBain book from old crime novels and and then from new uh, people like like Phoebe Robinson, You Can't Touch My Hair, which is a newer book, contemporary book. And then you mix in all these things together and and people, they know it like your readers are know it or your listeners are know it. I know my listeners listen to my stories and I know that they're lovers of of. Uh, a classic literature mm -hmm. because it's in my story and they love my story so much. Right. So it's just like, we, we vibe on the same topics. I know they love hip hop because even though like I don't use hip hop, overly use it, but it's hip hop in every single one of my things because that's what I came from. That's in me. So it's going to come out, you know, and whatever's in you, if you pump music is in you, don't, don't hold it back. Let it come out in its own way. It doesn't have to be overtly, hey, this is a punk music story. But at the same time, it's going to come out in certain ways. You know, it's going to come out like a, uh, you know, like, like different influence. short stories. Yeah, it's, right. it's influencing your life and it'll show within your art and within your the work that you produce. 
what is become what is a surprising outcome of becoming a storyteller for you? Something you didn't anticipate being able to do aside from the travel that has really made storytelling for you fulfilling? Um, you know, so I've, I've been able to do through storytelling, travel and do the different shows. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember I, I talked to a crowd of 800 for the first time and I was just wild by that. And then 2000 people and then, then 4,000 people in the audience and you're telling stories and you got the whole crowd under your, you know, holding hands with you walking through the store mm-hmm. and, and then being able to, um, do podcasts and shows that, that run on radio stations, you know, across and then, um, consultant work and working with people to help them tell their stories. I worked with Spotify, with, um, a company called uninterrupted. I work with so many local companies, just helping people tell their stories. So I may be giving feedback mm-hmm. and I may be uh, helping within the arc of a story. And all these things are, are you know, that's your expertise and people notice it. You'd, walk, you'd be working with people who are, are huge and big names and these types of things. And they're like, wow, how did you see that I painted my mother in a bad light here? Mm-hmm. And did I want to do that or not do that? You know, and then find a way to to smooth that out if it's, if it wasn't the intention, you know, and then me being able to see it because that's all I do is, is listening to stories and create stories. So it's been a way, and then being able to touch listeners. Like I call the people on my podcast, I call them friends. Cause it's like, you know, I'm like a cousin or, a, you know, big brother, little right, brother, right. depending on wherever my listener is. And, um, and then like seeing how my stories that affect their lives. And just inspire them to start a podcast or to write or to record their lives. And that's been like the really big fulfilling thing is to be able to touch somebody else and them to be like, I'm not the same because of you. And I know so many people in my life, I'm not the same because of this person, you know? Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, you you expect some of that, but it sounds like, you know, this has turned out way better than you had initially anticipated things to turn out and that it's only continuing. So what can listeners and new fans of yours expect from Shannon in 2019? 2019, a lot more content. Um, I'm putting out podcasts on every two week basis on homie stories podcast, which is, which is pushing me to write a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing a lot more performances as well in the Detroit area. I do an open mic for storytelling. Cause I want, I want to evangelize storytelling. I want more people to be interested in it. Sure. You know, so I'm doing, um, um, an open mic and I'm also going to do some, some, some local storytelling and podcasting courses to get people, um, excited about that as well. There are a lot of podcasts and storytelling courses, but I think I have a um, like a Bruliana's point of view in pushing it, which I like that kind of style. I always like harder stuff. You know, I play basketball. I play different sports. I like coaches who got in my got in my butt on certain right. things. You know what I'm saying? It was like, hey, Shannon, you got to do this or do that. You know, and that's kind of how I do it with the podcast and, 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 and storytelling. Mm-hmm. So um, um, those things looking forward to. And also I've been working on projects for um, film and TV and those things. So those continue on. But uh, 
but we'll see how those work out in, in time as well. That is awesome. Shannon, what is one last thing you would tell someone who wants to chase their dream and is trying to figure it out today? What would you, one action item you would tell them to do today? I would tell them to find examples. Hmm. Find an example of who they would like to be. Like if they if they find that example and now backtrack that example, go back. You can look at Wikipedia or look at their website, mm-hmm. old interviews, go back and see where they started. Mm-hmm. And that should inspire you because where they started isn't where they're at when you saw them just like, wow, I love this person, mm-hmm. you know, but you didn't know they started, you know, at an open mic in Wyandotte called Stories Upstairs where I do about, <laughs> you know, you don't know they started there until you do the research and see, oh, they started there. And then that it should inspire you to get started on your on, on going towards your uh, going towards your dreams, chasing your dreams. I love that advice. I've been um, I like to read. I like to do the audiobooks because if I'm in the car a lot, then I can hear. I've been into people's biographies like Kevin uh, Hart's. Uh, right. Kevin Hart's biography, it. where he came from, James Corden, um, so many other people and kind of like you. Figuring out where they start, that is amazing advice, guys, that I cannot, I recommend it so much. Because I never thought of that. You know, that's what I'm doing, I guess, with these autobiographies, seeing where they came from and how they grew to where they are. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah my first authors, I buy their first books and read their first books. Mm-hmm. And some of them are great. Some of them are t- aren't that great. <laughs> but it should, you know, it's like an inspiration. You're like, okay, they started there. Yeah. And you wrote that as, you know, this magnum opus book at some point. So, yeah. Love it. Jen, thank you so much for coming onto the show and just sharing more of your story and inspiration for those chasing their dreams. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you, you having me. And there you have it, Dream Chasers. That was Shannon Kaysen. He's doing amazing things, being brutally honest with his storytelling, chasing his dreams unapologetically. I love it. You guys, be sure to check out Shannon. Follow him on social. You can find out more about Shannon and all the links we mentioned on the show notes page at amyj21.com slash episode 187. That's episode 187. All right, Gene Chasers. Remember, if you'd like to donate to the podcast to keep it running, you can do so over at amyj21.com slash donate. And until next time, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at chasingdreamshq.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing.